This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name is Rachel Turner, and this week we are looking at different things to catch from God above. Because sometimes when we're uh, in conversational prayer, we sort of run out of things to talk to God about and ask him about. So how do we help our kids continually want to hear from God? Uh, Two, we're going to hit the creation versus evolution question because someone asked it and I thought I'd give you my answer. It won't be the perfect answer, but it's my answer. And uh, we're going to hear from my colleague, Anna, um, a great story about nightmares and her niece and what God did. It was really special in her family and how uh, parents, just as part of the normal everyday life, really helped their kid. So that's today. Uh, to start off, uh, we're going to talk about the different things to chat to God. Well, different <laughs> different things to cash from God about. It's really hard sometimes because... Uh, Catch is part of a two-way conversation with God. If you're new to this chat and catch thing, it is our way of describing conversational prayer and equipping our kids to truly just share everything on their heart, which is chat, and to perceive God's communications back to them, which is catch. If you want to know more about that, there's loads on the website. Just type in chat and catch or catch and up will come a session from the course and lots of short videos. And there's a page there that just sort of summarizes it for you. So if you want to get linked into that, it's really helpful. And um, I've had sort of as, as parents come back to me, they're really loving it. Their kids are beginning to connect with God in really great ways. Uh, but the panic becomes what happens when we run out of things to catch from God about. And I just wanted to sort of assure you Asking God questions and being open to what he's saying to you isn't like a quiz of a a list of things we ask God about. Uh, The whole point of Chat and Catch is that it develops a habit and a pattern of conversational prayer, which is the back and forth I chat to God and be open to the fact that he is responding to me and beginning to tune into the fact that God is a real being who seeks connection with us and can communicate in a vast number of ways. And we just need to be ready for all of those ways. So uh, here's sort of three areas that you might want to begin to expand for your kid about catching from God. So it's not just saying, okay, God, what do you think now? Or God, what did you think about my day? But there's a whole vast range that we can begin to nudge our kids into. Because again, this is not about creating a list of questions to ask, but it's about training our children in conversational prayer. So one of the things to really tune your kid into is to be open to his nudging, I guess, as you go through the day. Sometimes we think that uh, God's only going to talk once we ask him a specific question. But actually, um, being open to what he's saying as we go through the day, knowing that he's communicating to us. Sometimes we start the conversation and sometimes he does. And that's a really interesting thing to create windows to in your own life and to talk about and tell stories, frame for your kids that, you know, sometimes God just interrupts our day. Loads of times in the Bible, God just interrupts and is like, hey, I got something to say to you. And so uh, we had this kid, uh, that we heard a story about who he was at in the queue at school to go in on a in a morning 
And uh, God just sort of interrupted him and was like, hey, you're going to have a great day at school today. And he was so surprised that he began to like pay attention to what God was doing. And he came to us uh, the next day and was saying that uh, oh, it was it was it was really tough because God was just whispering to him the whole day. And so when he was doing his maths, God was like, you can do it. You can do it. And uh, God was just encouraging him the whole day. And sometimes he could hear God more than he could hear the teacher. And he had to tell God, God, I need to listen to my teacher right now. And it was so much fun to listen to this kid talk about how just God was with him so much that it was, it was you know, hard to focus on the teacher. He needed to give some boundaries and tune his, tune his brain into his teacher because he had just become so aware that God's heart was with him and God was communicating to him. Um, there are other children uh, and teenagers who talk about how when they're talking to their friend, that's how they know that what they're saying is wisdom or what they're saying to their friend is what God wants them to say. Because all of a sudden in the middle of them talking, they'll just feel really peaceful in their heart, like they'll stop being worried or afraid. And that's them just catching that God's giving them peace about what's happening right now. And when we, we help our kids tune in to all the different ways that God can speak, then we can turn their attention to the fact that he is involved in our life and all of these normal everyday bits. Uh, so you can either begin to open them to his talking. He's talking to you all the time. You might want to pay attention to that. Another thing is to integrate it and weave it into part of their processing of life. So uh, like we heard that story a couple of weeks ago about uh, this fantastic mom who uh, was talking to her kid about what was growing in her heart garden and suggested she go away and think with God about what's growing in her heart and what she wants to grow. And and instead of just saying, you go away and think, you can say, why don't you go away and have a chat with God about it? You know, he's wise and he's with you and he'll help you think it through. And so even just suggesting that those parts of life can be processed with God. Um, I knew a story of one family who whose kid kept getting called names. And so their processing was, okay, well, if someone calls you something, then the thing you do is you just take it to God and say, is that true? And so why don't you ask God, you know, is God, I was called a silly fuzzy pants. Uh, is that true? And then God can say, no, that's not true. And then you can ask God, God, what is the truth about me? And you can, he can remind you of scripture. He can talk to you directly of what he says he sees you as. He can direct you to a verse. Um, all of that stuff means that we can process with God. Uh, and another thing that you can do is, is integrate sort of that Bible prayer time thing of chat and catch, not just based on, okay, now let's just ask God if he has anything to say to us, because he's always going to have something to say to you. But if you're reading the Bible to say, gosh, you know, this, you know, this is really sad. You know, this person made a really bad decision and chose to walk away from God. If you ever wanted to walk away from God, when I feel that way, I just tell God, you know, God, I'm feeling really disconnected from you right now. And I'm, we need to have a chat. And then I chat to God about that. You can always feel free to do that. And so now let's just let's just chat to God and tell him, God, this is how I'm feeling right now about you. And God, can you come and talk to me about how you feel about me right now? Or whatever it is, you can just begin to integrate it into the topic of conversation. So it's not something that's an add-on. It's not something that's um, this random, okay, now let's just sit in the quiet and listen at somebody. But it's a part of a conversation. It's, it's, 
introducing them to say, why don't you have a chat with God about this? And you can talk to him about it and he'll talk back about it and it will be interesting. Catching is just being aware of God and participating in conversation with him. And don't worry about creative lists or creating really good questions for them to ask God. It's about saying you can do life with God and he is an active participant and chatting back. And so if you want to know more, go to the website. If you're worried about discernment and how to help your kid um, know what's God and what's not, there's a whole section of that on the website. Just type in discernment. If you want to know more, ask some questions. But uh, this is a really key part of our kid's spiritual life, and you can help them with it. And for our question section of the podcast, this can be a tricky one or it cannot be a tricky one. This is creation versus evolution and how to explain it. Now, everybody has a slightly different take on this and you may have yours. So please don't take what I say as the way to answer it, but it is a way to answer it. Um, But more importantly, you figure out what you think and how you want to describe it to your kid. But uh, here may be a jumping off point for you to agree with, disagree with, and figure out what you think. Uh, We have a question for us today. If you have a question, please email in or go to the website to the contact us thing. Today's question is this. How do I explain creation versus evolution to my children? I believe that the Bible is true, but I'm not a scientist and I don't know how to talk about it well with them. Thank you for that question. It's a toughie. Um, at school, often they're being taught about evolution, um, and yet we read them all of these children's uh, book, ch- uh, storybooks, Bibles, to our kids that cover creationism, often in, in a sort of day-by-day thing. And how do we help our kids reconcile it at school? Well, we've talked about how to answer questions to our kids. We have the four steps to answer this question. Number one, what do you think? So get your kid talking. Find out what's behind that question. Number two, what do we know? Number three, what do we not know? And number four, how do I cope with that in my life? So number one, what do you think? Get them talking. Figure out where that question is coming from. Uh, And two, what do we know? Well, We know that God created the world. I absolutely believe that God created the world. Uh, It's what scripture says. It's who we see in the character of God. He is a creator. Everything comes from him. Uh, It's a foundational understanding that God at the beginning before time existed and put our world into motion. How he did that, we don't know. The Bible says he did it in seven days. Is that a day to itself? Is that day one, chunk, poof, he makes something. Day two, chunk, poof, he makes something else. Or is that a uh, different epochs? Some people say it's a sort of like chunk of time, like a really long chunk of time. First he did this, and then the second really long chunk of time he did that. Uh, We don't know. And different people have different opinions about that. But how I cope with that personally is I keep going back to the fact that he is a God that is beyond my understanding. He made it. How he made it, I don't know. He gave me some sort of story of, of, of how he did it. And whether I believe that literally or whether you believe that um, that was a, a sort of figurative thing for it, I still fundamentally at the core of me believe that God made the world. And for me, I believe that science is a way that I can understand God better. And so that's why I love science as a as a person is because whenever I see science and whenever I learn about science and I understand about more and more of molecules and light rays and everything, I look at science and I think, wow, I see more and more of God's creativity and skill and 
awesomeness. And so science to me is just a window into God's awesomeness. And so when scientists say something, I listen, and sometimes I agree, and sometimes I don't agree, and sometimes they're trying to figure out in the middle, and that's okay, because in the end, God made it, and how he made it is up to him. That's my answer. However you choose to answer is okay, but give that framework of understanding, but you end with, this is how it looks in my life, and this is how it turns my heart to God, whatever your answer is. For our wild card section, this is Anna, and Anna has some great stuff to share with us about nightmares and a family. So I absolutely hate nightmares. I don't know many people who particularly enjoy them, uh, but it's one of the things that I just think, oh, why does this have to exist? And I was reading a statistic recently which suggests that around 50% of three to six-year-olds have frequent nightmares and 20% of six to 12-year-olds. So that means that's something that's going to affect pretty much all of us listening to this, um, whether it's you that's having nightmares or your child, particularly if you're in that younger age bracket. It's really frequent um, and really common. Um, Most recently, the person in my life who was affected by this was my niece and her family. She had really nasty nightmares um, where she was waking up at four or five in the morning, screaming the house down. And that was having an impact on the whole family because she was waking her sister, waking her parents. We all know four or five o'clock is like the worst possible time to get woken up because you haven't had enough sleep, but it's quite hard to get back to sleep at that point. Um, And so I just really wanted to look at some ways that we could deal with nightmares. Um, So the first thing that they did was to get some people around them praying. And I'd really encourage you, if this is something that your child is experiencing at the moment, to ask some people that you trust, um, some friends, maybe some people from church, and just say, actually, this is really an issue we're really struggling with at the moment. Um, could you pray? And be really specific about what, you know, what's going on and what you need them to pray for. Uh, so my, my sister-in-law and brother had done that. They got some people around praying. And then the second thing I'd encourage you to do is to give the child some coping strategies and tools to use when they're feeling scared so there's nothing worse than being in a horrible scary situation and just having no idea what to do but if they've got some techniques and some tools and um, that might help them so they had tried lots of different things with my niece and um, but one thing that they tried one day was this idea of telling stories to god That might not be the particular one. We've got four or five different things on our website. So if that doesn't fit with your child's personality, feel free to look at the other ones. Um, But for her, it really helped and it really worked. Um, She was able to be free of those nightmares when she felt scared and alone. She could tell stories to God. And that really helped with her combating it. And actually for her, it became a really significant part of her faith journey. Um, It sort of answered some questions she had about who God was and how he could help her. Um, And a couple of weeks later, she made a personal commitment to follow God. And I think it just shows that um, different children will respond in different ways, but that actually nightmares or scary things can really be an opportunity to give them a tool and a coping mechanism that will be powerful and useful in the rest of their life. So if you've got a child who's having nightmares, try those things. Um, Try getting others to pray and giving them a coping strategy. There's loads on our website if you look for the Scared in the Dark series. Um, And also Rachel's book, Comfort in the Darkness, was designed to help children connect with God through stories of God and nighttime. Um, And that might be a really interesting thing to try reading with your child before bed. 
Um, I'm just going to pray for anyone who's experiencing nightmares at the moment because that's miserable. So Father God, thank you so much that you are good. Thank you that there is no darkness in you. And I just pray that you would come to any of these parents with children who have nightmares, that you would come with your light and your truth and your grace and that they'd be gone in Jesus' name and that those children would learn really helpful, powerful uh, coping strategies to connect with you when they're scared or worried. Amen. Hope you sleep well tonight. And for our final question to get an interesting conversation started with your kid, uh, I was listening to Sound of Music this week, uh, and that song, Raindrops on Roses and Whiskers on Kittens, and it's a song about your favorite things. And I was thinking... As God, the one who invented everything, does God have favorite things, do you think? Did Jesus have favorite things? Is there a difference? But it does, it's just, I'm just pondering. Did Jesus walk around going, "Mm, I love all of this, but this is my favorite? Uh, And would that be different if God had favorite things? Does God have favorite things? Did Jesus, because he was human? I don't know. But favorite things in God, have an interesting conversation, go. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you.